What's up guys, welcome to another episode of the SpaceX Update. This past week we had Starship SM5 finally hopping, another Starlink launch, and Starlink satellite production capability news. Big commercial launch contract news, and like always, updates from Boca Chica. This past Tuesday, SN5 hopped 150 meters on its fourth attempt in two days. They boarded it already that day, but had enough time in the window for another attempt. So that's exactly what they did. SN5 lit its Raptor engine, took off from the test stand, gradually went up in altitude, used its RCS thrusters to be balanced, then reached 150 meters and gradually went down in altitude then deployed its landing legs and once the smoke eventually cleared you could hear all the spacex workers and press on site screaming in excitement that sn5 had finally completed completed the feat that starhopper completed almost a year ago and the feat that elon wanted to complete at the beginning of this year spacex had launched and landed a stainless steel rocket it may only be 150 meters but it's a big step in a big program with the ambition of taking us, the human race, to Mars. Now let's go over some information Elon revealed on Twitter and what's next for SN5 and all the other test prototypes. Elon took to Twitter after the hop and revealed a lot more information about the current Starship program. Tim Dodd, the everyday astronaut on YouTube, tweeted at Elon Musk, What's going to happen to our good old friend SN5? Will it fly again? Will it get three raptors and fly a little higher? Will it hopper and just watch the others fly? Elon Musk responded with, not sure yet, but hopefully. We'll need leg and other repairs. Probably SN6 flies before SN5. We need to make flights simple and easy, many per day. At the end, Elon was referring to the end product of the Starship program, having lots of flights, whether they're point-to-point -point or satellite missions or even to the moon or Mars. But besides that, this is a big news drop, as before we thought SN5 would have gotten retired and SN6 might not even fly. And with, that, with this, SN5 will probably fly again. Elon responded to someone else asking what's next after the 150 meter hop saying, we'll do several short hops to smooth out the launch process, then go high altitude with body flaps. My guess is that SN5 and SN6 will do, the, will do the most short hops, with SN8 doing at least one for testing purposes, then going for the biggest 20 kilometer hop. Now let's look at what vehicles could be up for next for text testing. So as I'm recording this, SN5 is being prepped to be moved back to the build site. As Elon said, it will need re leg repairs and other repairs before they even think about another flight for SN5. SN6 is ready to go at least from what we know. It's been sitting in the high bay fully stacked since SN5 left. And it looks like it has all the necessary batteries, piping, and COPVs on the side like SN5. So theoretically, they could bring SN5 back to the build site on a roll lift and bring SN6 back to the test site on a roll lift. But the only problem is that the test stand had some damage during the 150 meter hop. It isn't known how much damage was given to this test stand during the hop, but it could be minor and just take a, two, a few days to fix. But they will need room in the mid bay for SN5 when they decide to move it as SN6 and SN8, which is being stacked, are taking up both slots. So why not move SN6 to the test stand if it's up next? But SN6 could not even be up next for testing. SN7.1, a tank testing, the type of steel that's used for starships, uh, could be up next. We know that SpaceX has been slowly switching from uh, two three or four L steel from three or one L, but Elon said on Twitter that these aren't 100% one type of steel. They are testing the combination before moving over to their own propri proprietary alloy of steel, widely known as 30X. The 
aft dome and engine skirt are currently ready for stacking. So we could see SN7 up first for testing once the test stand is fixed before SN6 testing. The road of testing for SN6 would most likely look like the same as SN5, starting off with ambient then cryogenic pressure tests to make sure SN6 is structurally sound. Then the thrust simulator would be taken off with a Raptor engine being installed on the bottom and a mass simulator on the top simulating the weight of a nose cone. After this, we could see some tanking tests or SpaceX could go straight for the static fire. After the static fire is complete, it's top time for SN6. We have no clue what they would want to do in terms of number of hops and altitude of hops. They have filings for up to 20 kilometers and have mission comm filings for up to 3 kilometers right now. But we will have to just wait and see until more information comes out around the time of the next hops. Next, let's talk about the latest Starlink launch news and, and with some upcoming launches to go with that. Early Friday morning, Starlink 9 with Black Sky Sats on board finally took flight. This mission had been delayed four times already. It almost seemed like it would never get off the pad, but on Friday it did. This mission used booster B1051 and it successfully had its fifth launch and landing on drone ship Of Course I Still Love You. And both fairing halves were successfully scooped, not caught, from the ocean by mistreat and mischief recovery ships. Lastly, for this la launch, all 57 Starlink satellites were deployed successfully, and the two Black Sky Global Imaging satellites were deployed successfully. In other news, SpaceX told the FCC in a late July presentation that they were building around 120 Starlink satellites a month, which is supports about two launches per month. And SpaceX told the FCC that they have invested over $70 million in producing thousands of consumer user terminals per month. This is really good sign of Starlink growing and the Starlink production being able to keep up with SpaceX's launch capabilities. Some upcoming launches for the rest of them of August are Starlink 10 with Skysat 19 to 21 on board on board, SEOCOM 1B, and any other Starlink launches SpaceX can fit with the rest of the month. These launches have yet to be given a date, but could easily happen in August. Now let's go back to talking about what's been up in Boca Chica lately. To start out, the high bay has been given its third layer of panels. After this layer, it only needs one and a half more to be complete. And while the third layer has been placed, SpaceXers are also working on the exoskeleton of the high bay, adding more steel frames on the panels to make it more structurally sound and add, adding more black cover pieces in the spots that they haven't covered yet. The high bay really is coming together, and if I had to guess, it will be finished by the end of the month. Also, another crane has just arrived on site. This is predicted to be used at the super heavy launch pad. Like I said earlier, there was some damage at the test stand SpaceX has been using, and there's, there's been lots of SpaceXers working on the test stand trying to fix it as soon as possible. Before I end this episode, let's go over some big contracts SpaceX was just given by the U.S. government for national security launch. This past Friday, the United States Space Force announced who was receiving their awards for their NSSL Phase 2 launches. These payloads are classified under the United States Space Force. The two launch providers for the NSSL were announced to be ULA getting 60% of the launch service orders and $337 million to meet the 2022 launch dates. And SpaceX was the other launch provider with 40% of the launch service orders and $316 million to meet the 2022 launch dates. The U United States Space Force will be ordering from these two launch providers from 2020 to 2024 with launches starting in 2022. 
For SpaceX, it was announced that they will use the Falcon 9 and Falcon Heavy to meet launch orders, and ULA will use their new Vulcan rocket that will fly in 2021 for the first time. Also, for SpaceX to meet the launch requirements, they will be building and adding a mobile service launch tower at the LC-39A in Cape Canaveral. Because some of the, some of the Space Force payloads will be, need, will be needed to be integrated when the rocket is vertical on the pad, which opens up more consumer payload options for SpaceX. But even more notably, the Falcon Heavy will be getting an extended payload fairing for some of the Space Force missions. This means that SpaceX has the only current rocket capable of launching the gateway modules for the Artemis program, and is basically set in stone that NASA will use SpaceX as a launch provider for the Gateway Space Station once the modules are ready. And the extended payload fairing on the Falcon Heavy opens more consumer options also for anyone that is willing to deploy any satellites that are bigger than any current payload fairing size, which is really big for SpaceX. All right, that's been it, guys. We've had a really great week from SN5's hop to Starlink launch and an announcement of even more Falcon Heavy launches in the future. Before I go, make sure you tune in every Sunday for a new edition of the SpaceX update and that you follow my Instagram account with all the latest SpaceX news at SpaceX.update. Thank you for listening and see you next time.